Once in a lifetime there's a movie. A movie that comes out that's so monumental that it gathers up the perfect recipe of bad acting, gore, nudity, and a soundtrack that sounds like it came from a 70s porn. That's right, I'm talking about 1984's The Toxic Avenger. He was created out of violence and horror. He exists only to destroy the evil around him. He can't be reasoned with or bargained with. He can't be stopped. So if you've been bad, look out. He's your worst nightmare come true, the Toxic Avenger. If you've been bad, he'll get you good. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without... The first time I ever laid eyes on this movie was, you know, back in the early 90s. I must have been in the third grade. And uh, my parents decided to leave me home alone while they went out. Um, that's uh, probably, you know, when your mind's probably cooking up, why would they leave a third grader at home? Well, I was kind of responsible at that time. You know, I wasn't doing dumb challenges these days, like shooting up bleach, eating Tide Pods, or um, summoning demons with a broom. I don't know what stupid shit these kids do these days. I, I'm showing my age. And, um, you know, I was flipping through the channels, and I paused on the, uh, the channel 31, which is in my town, in my city, San Antonio, um, it was the USA Network, and USA used to play a block of movies on the weekends, and it was called USA Up All Night. Now, Up All Night played a lot of raunchy sex comedies, really bad horror movies. They just played anything and everything. But what caught everybody's attention, what caught my attention at that age, was Rhonda Shear. She sat in lingerie, you know, on a bed, and, you know, at that point in time, the only porn that I've ever seen was Scrambled. And yes, I was in third grade and we were perverts at that age because there's really nothing you could have done. So, you know, I was sitting there looking at her and first thing that came to my mind was, man, I can't wait to go tell the kids at school about this. And so, you know, she was describing this movie called The Toxic Avenger. And the moment she said mutated, boom, everything clipped for me. Because at that point in time, I was obsessed with the Ninja Turtles. And you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, everybody should know that. It's about as American as apple pie. So, uh, you know, anything anything that had to do with mutants, I was all for. So, you can't blame me for that. And, you know, the moment she decided to, you know, she finished describing this movie, it kicked in. Anytime you've ever hear that classic trauma intro, you know you're in for a shitstorm, and it's gonna be fucking glorious. But you also should know that you know trauma's been making movies for about 45 plus years, all because of the Toxic Avenger. Because originally they were creating raunchy sex comedies that kind of flew under everybody's radar. Because you know, well, mostly likely like every independent film, a lot of these do fly under the radar, and you do have your 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 cult following. And, you know, they made these type of movies, and then one time, uh, Lloyd Kaufman, who is the, basically the president of Troma Entertainment, was working on the set of Rocky. He was a production manager, and he was also that drunk bum that Rocky threw out of the bar at the beginning of the movie. So if you ever watch it, he's in there. He kind of looks like Howdy Doody a little bit. Now, if you haven't seen Howdy Doody, Google it and Google Lloyd Kaufman, and you'll see the resemblance on that and you know he while he was working on it he kind of thought well hey maybe just maybe 
there should be a horror movie set in a health club setting. And the birth of the Toxic Avenger, you know, had happened. And ironically, it would have been called Health Club Horror, because that was the original title of the movie before it was called The Toxic Avenger, which would have been, geez, that would have been a little bit not as appealing, I guess you can say. Now, back in the 80s, there was a huge surge of fitness, ridiculously looking fitness. Now, everybody was wearing the neon colored spandex and, you know, everybody was just doing aerobics, thinking that they were going to get in the best shape ever. And it's not a cliche look. You know, you would see people at these dumb 80s parties and they're all wearing that. But basically, if you look at anything back then, it actually did look like that. And, you mean, you know, in the 90s, you had, you know, all these other, you know, workout people, you know, the Nordic track with Chuck Norris. But back then you had Richard Simmons. He was the 80s guru. Don't look at Arnold. You don't look at anybody else. Richard Simmons was the man for all that stuff. And it's kind of weird how he worked out his whole life and still looks exactly the same. And, uh, you know, I guess you can't sweat to the oldies and have a dad bod at the same time. But, and that's where this movie starts. This movie starts in a health club because, as I said before, it was set, they wanted to set it in a health club setting. Now, legend has it that Marissa Tomei is one of the, the girls at the beginning of this film. Now, it's one of those, if you have an eagle eye for things like that, you can catch it. Like I said, it's just a legend. And I have yet to see it. And I think that I have a pretty good eye for details. And I still have not seen her. I think I've racked my brain too many times trying to figure out which one she really is. Oh my god, what a fucking nightmare! Within the first 10 minutes of this movie, we get our first kill. Which is the famous head crushing scene. Now, they didn't really play this when I was uh, younger on, you know, on USA Up All Night. This was actually censored, and I didn't fall upon this kill scene until I was, I was just a little bit older, I guess, and I rented the actual movie. Now, the actual cover actually said, uncut with famous head crushing scene. Now, to me, I was like, whoa, wow, what is this head crush scene about? First thing I saw, you know, was that. That was the exact first kill, and it was kind of warranted, I guess, but not really. I don't want to sound too much like an asshole, but to set this up. A mother lets her son ride his bike in the middle of the night and she gives him a dumb helmet and says, hey, you be safe out there. And they're playing really bad music as it's going on. And Bozo, which is the lead bully, the head bully, the reason that everything happens in this movie, he's driving around playing the sadistic game of running down people. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the score criteria because it's bad. I can't repeat any of this shit that, they're, that, that they say on there, but... This kid is in the middle of the street, riding his bike. One thing that pet peeves me, that 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 I have a pet peeve for is cyclists. I get it. You want to ride your bike. You want to fucking look like Lance Armstrong. You want to wear that stupid helmet and the spandex just to ride a stupid bike. But ride it in the bike lane. Ride it on the sidewalk. Don't ride in the middle of the fucking street. You're not Sons of Anarchy. You're not in the fucking Tour de France. Don't do it. You're just asking to fucking get hit. Because in the moment somebody hits you, oh my god, you know, share the road. If you want people to be considered, be considered your damn self. But I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to get too far into that. So, they see this kid riding his bike. They give him the, they, get, they tell him that, you know, it's double points for hitting a kid on the bike. He goes, hits this kid, 
Kid flies over the car, falls, they drive off, and they're laughing and giggling. Uh, a girl in the back seat tells Bozo, hey, he's not dead yet, he's still moving. So what does Bozo do? Puts that thing in reverse and runs over the fucking kid's head. Uh, the women get off the car and they take pictures with it and they, they're getting off to it. Later on, you find out that they get off to uh, murder and death, which is a little awkward, I guess. You know, you know what, what can you say, right? It's, it's a fucking trauma movie. Then we meet Melvin. Melvin Ferd, later on referred to as Melvin Junko. Um, I don't know why they changed the name. It's kind of weird, but it didn't bother me too much. So Melvin is, he's just this awkward annoying nerd now he's not a lovable nerd like screech or or urkel you know he's just one of those nerds like you just want him to get the fuck away from you he's he looks like that type of of weirdo that jerks off to your facebook pictures um (laughs) he he accidentally gets turned into the toxic avenger after a bad prank that bozo and his goons decide to play on him and um you know he turns into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Now, I didn't make that up. That's actually what they call him throughout the whole series. And, ironically enough, they call him that throughout the cartoon. Uh, I'll get into the cartoon just a little bit later. But, you know, it, that's what it happens. You get a cool mutation scene that was actually directed by Mark Torgel, who was the to- who was Melvin. You know, Mel- Toxic Avenger was kind of weird because he's played by like three different people. You know, you got the nerd, and then you have the person under the costume and the mask. Then you get uh, the voice, which does not match anything. So, Toxic Avenger is actually played by three different people. It's not like what the superhero movies you see these days, where it's just one person, and they have a whole bunch of CGI on them, but it's still that person. So, it's a little weird on how, on how they did that. And, you know, kind of oddly enough for this movie to not hold anything back, on kills or you know remorse they do hold back on revealing Toxie's face now I call him Toxie because that's what everybody calls him originally he was called the monster hero and you see that in the movie because everybody has shirts that says I heart the monster hero later in production they changed his name to Toxie oh well still pretty cool I still need to get one of those t-shirts so you know they 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 have him just going around mangling people a lot of his cool a lot of his kill scenes are actually really creative i think one of my favorite ones was uh he pulls the dude's arm off and he beats the shit out of him with his own arm as you know as toxie would you know he beats the shit out of the dude with his own arm and you know he takes a guy's guts out and shows it to him he smashes another guy's head with the thing of weights so the, the kill scenes are amazing in this, and for that time period, and for being that low budget, great fucking time. The 80s were a great time for movies. You didn't get the CGI fest of junk. You had actual practical effects, which, you know, you can't take that away from any movie in the 80s. Now, what superhero wouldn't be complete without a love interest? Now, later on in the movie, we do meet Sarah, who is blind, and Toxie goes and saves her. She is a victim in a uh, Mexican restaurant heist, I guess you can say it is. It's kind of weird. If you watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, you get three criminals running in there, and they hold everybody hostage, and they, you know, they do they, they do criminal things, I guess. Um, Toxie 
meets her after they shoot her dog. Now, for all you animal lovers out there, I myself am one. I can watch people get mangled, destroyed on online, on movies, whatever you want to call it. But the moment an animal gets hurt in a movie, I'm done. I'm done with everything. Now, I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I cried during some movies. But I think the one that I give an ugly cry to is Homeward Bound. Now, Homeward Bound, the, there's a scene in there where Chance falls into like this little pit and he can't get out. His legs already hurt. Not Chance, I apologize. Shadow falls into a pit. He gets hurt and, you know, Chance tries to get him out. Hey, let's go. We're about to be, you know, we're on our way home. And Shadow tells him, hey, you know, just go on without me. You have to live your life. You have to let go. And I cry like a bitch. Makes it even worse. Because at the end of the movie, when uh, Chance and Sassy meet their owners, the two other kids, and the oldest kid is looking for Shadow, like, hey, where's Shadow? Everybody, everybody's animal ran back to them. And uh, Shadow shows up at the end, and, uh, you know, I give that uh, that ugly Kim Kardashian cry, and uh, I really don't care. Uh, that does not bother me to say that. You've learned everything you need, Chance. Now all you have to learn is how to say goodbye. So Tati and Sarah fall in love. And this is the scene that I always describe to people because it's just kind of, it's very awkward in this movie because it's a sex scene. It's a sex scene with a creature and a woman. And obviously she's blind. And every time I tell somebody about that, they always laugh and like, what the hell are you even fucking talking about? Now, this isn't like humanoids from the deep who are creatures that come from the sea to impregnate women. Um, this is a uh, actual turned into a love story. They have like a little love montage where she's making him, you know, where they look domesticated, really. She's making him breakfast. He's eating it. Um, Toxie decides to get a job for the IRS. He wants to, you know, make actual money. And um, that's pretty much the scene. Uh, he really gives it to her pretty good, like a jackhammer, I guess, really, because... The ceiling in the apartment up under them really starts to cave when he's on top. And then afterwards, they share a cigarette. I mean, what 80s thing can you do other than have sex and smoke a cigarette after? And it's just, uh, you know, it's a thing to do, I guess, back then. And after that happens, we do meet, you know, all these people that Toxie is saving. Now, he's doing all these heroic deeds. He's rescuing these stupid kids who keep going in the fucking street and playing games. And every time there's a car is going to hit him, you know, Toxie gets the super speed and he picks him up, takes him away. He opens a jar of uh, popcorn seeds for this woman, you know, the real heroic deeds. And, uh, you know, the corrupt leaders of the city, they don't like this. They're done with it. They want to get rid of him because all the criminals are being wiped out. and But all the criminals are also on their payroll. Now, the tides do change in their favor because Toxie does have like sort of a spider sense and uh they, later on in the in the movies they're in the sequels really they're called traumatons so it's kind of like a spider sense but instead of like sensing things and then trying to get out of the way like spider-man does he senses them and then he goes and murders and uh he bashes people and he murders them and rightfully so you know because he does murder an old woman stuffs her in a washer because she's a little person he you know turns the machine you know that she washes around and then he press irons her and he leaves her there and the city wait wait a minute you just killed one of the people in our community now you killed somebody who wasn't a criminal 
Later on, we do find out that she is a human trafficker and she's like the lead of that whole thing that, you know, human trafficking. So, but they didn't know that. So the corrupt leaders want to get rid of him and all the townspeople are now, they're all up in arms and they're chasing him out of there like Frankenstein where they all want to get rid of him. And uh, that's pretty much like towards the end of the movie. But the best line of the movie does come when everybody meets up with Toxie and they're all trying to gang up on him and the tides do change again because Toxie does have his followers and they're like, hey, please don't kill him because the National Guards uh, for some reason showed up. They had a tank pointed at him and the mayor's there and Toxie gives the the famous uh, line, which I'm about to play for you right now, where he sticks his hands in the mayor's stomach and the mayor kind of oddly looks like Will Sasso from Mad TV and he pulls his guts out and shows it to him and that's pretty much how it goes and here it is Please. you fat slob let's see if you have any guts I often get asked a lot what movie would you recommend because I, I tend to, to gloat about these movies and I have a shine in my eyes that Every time I every time I, I describe one of my my bad movies to people, they can you can see the excitement in my face because nobody ever really wants to talk about these type of movies. Not the not not the people that I socialize with because they all have their likes and their dislikes, and I'm here with the oddball out. And a lot of times people do ask like, "Where the fuck? Why would you want to watch this crap?" And to me, there's a lot of there's a lot of charm in bad movies. A lot of a lot of. You know, you can tell that they tried. You can tell they put their all into it. And then, you know, the end result, it really does show. And a lot of people ask, hey, what would you recommend? Give me one of your movies. I'll watch it one of these days. And I always point people, this is the first movie that I always recommend is The Toxic Avenger. It's got a little bit of everything. You don't have to think. It's not some drawn out plan by like, like, like any Chris Nolan movie. You don't have to fucking turn your brain on to be a a rocket surgeon to do any of that stuff you just you know you just watch this movie just to enjoy it for what it is and that to me right there are the best types of movies i don't want to go to a movie and take on somebody else's problems i want to go to a movie just to get away from my own and a lot of these movies they do that and you know it's just kind of it's kind of weird that somebody somewhere actually thought that maybe this horrible rated r gore fest of a classic would be great for cartoons somebody thought man i saw the toxic avenger you know what that would be a great cartoon for kids and sure enough they created the toxic crusaders now toxic crusaders was actually a cartoon by kind of the same creators and writers from the ninja turtles cartoons uh you know it's kind of weird how uh, they kind of tie into each other but you know, that happened. Uh, they had made a game for a Super Nintendo. I'm sorry, for Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. And then somebody thought, hey, this is a cool uh, this is cool enough concept to become a musical. And lo and behold, the Toxic Avenger the musical came out. Uh, apparently it was a huge hit. And people, were, they were ranting and raving over it. And uh, I have yet to see that. But uh, it, it's one of those... Well, I'm not, I'm not a musicals person, but that'd be kind of cool to see why, how they did this whole movie in a, in a musical tone. But, um, you know, it's just one of those, Toxie is one of those names 
like one of those names that just resonates with people who like bad movies. If you like bad movies, you're sure enough you're going to love The Toxic Avenger. If you're going into this with an open mind, you're going to love The Toxic Avenger. Now, if you're going to go into this thinking it's a fucking Chris Nolan film where you have to think, you got to be a fucking scientist, then no. You're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy this movie. You need to enjoy this movie for what it is and what they were trying to show. And it's just and just have a good time with this. Now if you look at Toxic, if you look at the Toxic Avenger sequels, he kind of feels like the blueprint for Deadpool. He was Deadpool before Deadpool. He was breaking that fourth wall, talking to the talking to the viewer. He was doing everything Deadpool was doing before Deadpool did it. Now I said that name quite a few times already. If he was Beetlejuice, he would already fucking showed up. But it's it just, you know, I just felt like he was that that hero, that one superhero. Because, you, you know, that one oddball superhero that just went out and murdered people and you saw all this gore. Because at that time, you didn't get superhero movies that had gore. You had Superman with the great Christopher Reeve. Later on, you had Batman with uh, Michael Keaton, you know, or, or the Flash TV show with uh, John Wesley Shipp. Or the Wonder Woman TV show, or you get that horrible Fantastic Four that was never released that you can find on YouTube. If you were to ever see that, look for Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. You won't be disappointed, but you'll be appalled. And you'll know exactly why that movie was never released. But, you know, with Toxie, that's exactly what you get. You get that gritty superhero that nobody knew about. Nowadays, you get gritty superheroes, and oh yeah, it's all the rave nowadays. But Toxie was just, I felt like he was the first. I felt like he broke that mold for superhero movies. And it didn't come later. It didn't, I don't think he's got the credit that he deserves or the credit that he's due. So, if you're looking to find this movie anywhere, you can find it on Amazon Prime Video, YouTube, and on Troma's actual streaming app, Troma Now. So, until next time. And the next time you're in danger or in need of help, look to the horizon and maybe... Just maybe. The Toxic Avenger will be there. Evil